everybody. Welcome to another edition of Crimes, Killers, Cults. And beer. And beer. Although I don't need another beer right now. Well, I, I drank plenty last night. What did you drink? What are you drinking now? Same. Oh, wait. Uh, it is a Stone uh, Fear Movie Lions Hazy Double IPA. And it is 8.5% alcohol. Wow. And, yeah, I'll probably <laughs> get a little liquored up here. Well, oh no, I'm having a little bit of deja vu. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, I, what happened yesterday makes me hate BTK even more. <laughs> yeah, I bet. What happened was we went through, we went through and recorded our entire first episode, or the yeah episode one, and we were we, we were killing it. I mean, we were just. Yeah, we were firing on all cylinders. It was awesome, and everything. And we and we just came to a stopping point. We're just like, okay, let's let's go ahead and wrap it up. So we wrapped it up. Todd goes to send me his file, as he always does, and I go to I go to start putting the episode together and everything. And there's something wrong with his with his audio file. So I figured that it was done, done deal, over with, lost cause. So I'm like, oh shit, we're going to have to re-record. So I didn't save mine. Well, he fixes his, and I can't recover mine. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Always BTK. save the file, no matter what. Yes, yes, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So. So. Anyway, so this is BTK episode one, or part one, take two. Take two. <laughs> And hopefully we do it justice because we, it's going to be hard, pretty hard to top what we did last night. Yeah. <laughs> so but we'll do it. We'll get there. It'll we'll get there. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. And I'm, I'm not drinking. I, it, it, for me, it's just crimes, killers, and cults. No, no beer. <laughs> oh, it's I always had, beer for me. I had plenty of beer last night, and well, I got to work tonight. So. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's so, probably yeah. best you're not drinking. Yeah, I mean, you don't need a a drunk truck driver driving at night. <laughs> Absolutely not. Nope, that would not be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, sources for this is the the book Conf- Confessions of a Serial Killer: The Untold Story of De- Dennis Rader, the BTK Killer, by Catherine Catherine Ramsland. That's the primary source. So, here we go, again. <laughs> Take two. Let's do it. So, Dennis Lynn Rader was born March 9th of 1945 to Dorothea and May and William Rader in a town c- called Pittsburgh, Kansas. Not, Pittsburgh, not, Kansas? Yeah, Pittsburgh, Kansas. But it, it was, it, I guess that's like Miami, Ohio or something, right? Well, that's spelled the same way. There's no, there's no H in this Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, no H. Yeah, so I, I guess Pennsylvania took the H, and that's why Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, is the driving metropolis that it is, and Pittsburgh, Kansas, is you know they just got no H. <laughs> the H makes all the difference. <laughs> yep, it does. Although some some places don't need an H, like Florida. <laughs> well, it depends on where you're from and how you spell it. Some people spell it with an H. How the hell do you spell Florida with an H? F L O R I D U H. Florida. Oh, duh, duh. <laughs> okay. All right. You I don't know. For me. some reason, people think we're dumb here just because we do silly shit. I don't know. Hey, we have more fun. We do. <laughs> so, anyway, even at a young age, this this piece of shit, this. This piece of shit was having six sadistic fantasies about torturing helpless women. He was a, a voyeur. He was into auto-erotic asphyxiation and all that stuff. And, and this is all as a teenager. And even, but even as a kid, he admits that that he got his jollies. You know, he got a sexual thrill when whenever his mom gave him a, gave him a spanking. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> that yeah, spank me, mommy. That's, it's kind of like the kind of go there. <laughs> kind of like the 
that's down with the sickness by disturbed that one part except yeah. except david david draymond doesn't seem to be enjoying that though <laughs> that reminds me of a meme i saw <laughs> what oh, was do you it? remember when disturbed was in the studio recording down with the sickness and the singer's mom broke in and started kicking his ass i've seen that one i love it. So if BTK, if Dennis Rader was recording that song, it would be like, come on, mommy, hit me again, mommy. Oh, hit right? me again, mommy. Yes, yes. I like it like that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and away we go. <laughs> so, but he, he was, he would cross dress and he would also actually go spy on women outside their house while he was dressed up as a woman. And he also got into the killing animals. He got his kicks off of that. And, That's and disgusting. He was, yeah. And he was into solo bondage and everything. And he liked having pictures of, of himself being all tied up. And they they kind of allude to that in the Mindhunter episodes. Because they, you, know, you have the episode that's going on. And then on a side story, you see BTK stalking the Otero family and, and, and others and, you know, doing his sick and twisted stuff. So he was going to be in season, like pro- the primary focus of season three of Mindhunter before the show was canceled. I don't know. I don't know why it was canceled. It's still worth a watch for the first two seasons, just simply because of the people that they got to play these various serial killers. Like the guy that they, that played Ed Kemper looks just like him. The guy that played, Charles Manson looked just like him. Dennis Nilsson looks just like him. Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, it's, I think I think Dahmer was on. I'm, I'm not sure, but it's worth a watch. So if you haven't seen it, watch it. <laughs> right on. I have it, so I'll check it out. Yeah, you'll like it. So he was he on top of all this, he killed ten people that we know of, and I say that we know of because we'll we'll get to i i think there's i think there's probably more although you know he, with all the attention that he liked you know it's it's just as likely that there aren't more because he would have bragged about them but then again, who knows you know i mean right. you, you can't you can't trust a, a word that these pieces of shit say I know, dude. Uh, so guy's a sicko man who knows mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, you know, he did all this stuff even even before, even before the, the killings. He had done like all this other stuff, breaking and entering and all and whatnot, killing animals. But the thing is, he's one of these assholes that everybody said he was a, such a nice guy. He was a family man, a church a church goer, you know, a, a church man. Uh, they all say Eric, they're nice guys. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't think anybody ever called Richard Ramirez a nice guy. Yeah, probably not. I'm sure his parents thought he was a nice kid. I don't know about that. (laughs) But. Eh, You never know. You never know. He he was, Richard Ramirez was a piece of shit. We'll get to him at some point, too. Yeah. So. So on top of all that, you know, he was an Air Force veteran. And when he got out of the Air Force, he moved to Wichita. He he got a job as as a meat cutter at the IGA supermarket where his mom was a bookkeeper. He married he married Paula Dietz and they had two children, Carrie and Brian. He went to Butler College or Butler County Community College and got an associate's degree. He went to Wichita State and he was majoring in administration of justice, which is fitting. You know, the pieces right. of shit going to get law degrees or law enforcement careers and stuff like that, which he had a, a career in law enforcement as well. Well, a, a branch of law enforcement. We'll get to that. Well, you know, you got to learn how to beat the system. Yeah, and he did. Ultimately, he, he did. He was scot-free. He, uh-huh. he, had got, he had literally gotten away with 10 murders, and nobody had a, nobody knew the difference. And, and, you know, everybody thought that he was dead because it had been so long since anybody had heard anything from him and all of a sudden in 2004 he decided he, he wanted some more attention and he basically spilled the beans on himself all right we'll see you next week that's it <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us <laughs> so after that he worked at coleman a coleman plant coleman as in like the 
manufacture of, of like camping equipment and stuff. So, but then after that, from 1974 to 1988, which was basically the you know the the peak, you know the the, the time frame of of his murder of his killing, he was working at for ADT as a home security systems installer. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he had to been the best ad for that company ever. Oh yeah, I mean, you, can, can you imagine if if they if the, I mean I I don't know I would have liked to have been a, a fly on the wall in the meeting at ADT once once everybody found out that at Dennis Rader was BTK and that he had worked for ADT. <laughs> like buy an ADT. Buy an ADT system. So protection from serial. Yeah. Meanwhile, the serial killer works for us, and he knows all your code. Right. Well, the the people that did, the people that he killed didn't have an AD, ADT system. <laughs> well, I guess he was smart then. He didn't shit where he eats. So. Well, they probably did. That's probably how he how he you know came across some of them, but. So, you know, you know, after a while, Ed, yeah, you know, if you know the code, what's to stop you? Right. Or if you know how to disable them without tripping them. Sponsor break time. These are some new friends of ours, a podcast called Monsters of the Midwest. They have a awesome podcast and we're going to let them tell you all about it. We'll be right back in a minute. Have you ever wandered into a graveyard with your friends at dusk? Have you ever taken a hike in the corn and it just went a little bit too far? Do you remember that house down the street that people were going into but never coming out? Two born and raised Midwestern Scorpios take you on a journey of actual true crime cases that tantalize your taste buds but still leave you wanting more. Murder deception manipulation we have questions that need answers what goes on inside a serial killer's mind how did they get sucked into that cult join us every tuesday to get your serving of spooky scary true crime always remember the code of the midwest don't talk to strangers don't go anywhere alone and lock your damn doors and as always We'll see you next Tuesday. On January 15th, 1974, he committed his first murder. And he actually, he was 28 years old at the time, and then he actually named his his murders, he called them his projects. And and we'll get to his lingo and terminology here before too long. You know, he, he had he names for everything. He, like, he thought he was some sort of a secret agent or some shit like that. But... The Otero family, he 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 nicknamed Project Little Mex, you know, obviously because they were Latino. But the husband Joseph, he was 38, and he was a retired Air Force veteran. He, you know, he had like just retired from the Air Force. You know, he had done a full 20-year career with with the Air Force. Julie, get on him. Yeah, get on him. Julie was 33, and she worked at the Coleman plant. She didn't work directly with Dennis, but she, but he had seen her there, and that's that's how he got, you know, trained onto them. So, and they had four kids. They had Joseph Jr., who was nine, Josephine, who was 11, and then they also had Charlie, Danny, and Carmen. But they were all like 12. 14 and 15. Charlie Daniels fan. They were right. <laughs> Charlie Daniels. <laughs> but the, the the other kids were at school during the murders. So, you know, Joseph, Joseph, Joe Jr. and Josephine were still at home because they just hadn't left yet. And he had it timed down. You know, he knew their whole routine. He knew when, uh, when Joe Sr., left for work and he planned his arrival like like 15 minutes after he, he was supposed to leave for work although he didn't know this but Joe 
but Joe Sr. was at home because he had been in a car accident and he had a couple broken ribs. So he wasn't, was, yeah, he wasn't expecting to find, you know, Joe at home. He, he, he thought it was only going to be the, you know, Julie and the, the two younger kids, jo, uh, Joseph Jr. and Josephine. But he had been trolling. That's what he calls stalking. But he had been trolling her for, you know, like a, a month or two, just watching everything that they do. So he, he had a hit kit with him. That's what he called his his hit kit. Really original. Like all don't 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 all serial killers call their bag a hit kit? <laughs> Probably. I mean, I think Israel Keys did. A, a lot of them called it the, the hit kit. So that's another thing we're going to find out about this piece of shit. He wasn't original about anything. So uh, he modeled himself after other serial killers. He compared himself to other serial killers and everything. And it's just, it. this guy, he's one of the worst. And, and another thing, trash. yeah, we're, we're, taking him, we're taking out the trash today. Yes, we are. So... So he, when he got there, he almost backed out because he hadn't planned for a dog. He he had he had seen dog foot, footprints out in the snow, and he's and he had also called like you know leading leading up to this, he had called several times you know, to antagonize Julie, but you know with disguise his voice and whatnot, and then hanging up. So called up. <laughs> Click. Yeah, <laughs> stupid fucking obscene phone call. Bullshit. <laughs> How original. But we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. So he was. So he he barges he barges into the. Um, he barges into the house and everything, and and all of a sudden he's caught off guard because of the fact that Joe's is there. Uh, Joe's a big dude, you know. He, yeah, jo- Joseph Otero, Joey Otero. Yeah, that's that sounds like a, yeah, that's that, that just sounds like a big dude. <laughs> yeah, no, he sounds like a, yeah, like a badass. Yeah, you you don't fuck with somebody named Joey. Don't fuck somebody named Joey Otero. No, <laughs> you just don't. And it, if he if he hadn't had if he hadn't had the broken ribs, then he, you know, he probably would have been able to take. BTK out, and that would be the end of the story. It would just be a, a home invasion that was that resulted in the burglar's untimely demise. Untimely <laughs> demise. Oh, well said. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then again, though, if he hadn't had broken ribs, he wouldn't have been home. So. True. You're right. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, that's true. He would have been at work. So he 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 surprises the family and everything and and he pull, he pulls out a gun and he starts he starts talking to he starts talking to the family trying to reassure them and everything. He he's it, it, he wanted everybody to think that he was a nice guy. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a nice guy, man. I really am. <laughs> yeah, sure. Go yeah, yourself. You're you're a nice guy as as much as Luca Magnata would make a good vet. <laughs> oh, don't fuck with cats. I know. Fuck with yeah, I have seven I'll... cats. So I'm like the crazy cat dude. Don't fuck with cats, <laughs> man. You just don't do it. I'm gonna write BTK, BTK a letter telling him that I'm showing him how pissed off I am that he ruined my freaking episode last night. <laughs> 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 So he 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 tells as he's binding them, he's you know he's tying up their wrists and their ankles and everything, and and he 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 puts gags on them and whatnot, and he he tells them that he's an escaped prisoner and all he wants is money and a car, and if they cooperate, everything will be fine. So he he even tries to like make. Make the family feel better. It's like the the binds were too tight, so he loosened them, because he's such a nice guy. Oh, 
stellar you know. human being. This one. So he 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 also when it was still too tight and everything, he he switched to clothesline instead of you know instead of cape. So yeah, but yeah. but he but he could get such he a nice get, guy. Yeah, he is nice guy. Oof. But he he couldn't get the knots right, and then that that causes that causes him to that causes Joseph to be able to you know he's he's able to work his way you know out. He doesn't know and, how to tie a knot. What did he wear? Velcro shoes. <laughs> well, he that's 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 one weird thing about about it. It's like he he was a he was a scout leader. So but don't you have doesn't that kind of go doesn't knots kind of go with the, the territory there? I think so. I don't know. I was never a Boy Scout, so I don't know. But yeah, I would. I think that's like one of the badges you get is not tying. No, maybe he didn't get that one. Yeah, he probably got the Velcro shoes patch. <laughs> he 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 didn't he didn't get that patch because he was not tying. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so. good. Uh, <laughs> that was a dad joke, but it was good. <laughs> hey, I am a dad. So, no, I know, so am I, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So he, he even, he even talks to Air Force with Joseph because he was in the Air Force too. Yeah, it's just, yeah, that's just, that's just all kind of the wrong right there. You know, you're sitting know, there right? talking Air Force with, you know, you're, there's supposed to be a camaraderie there, you know, with, with people that you served in the same branch with and whatnot. Yeah. Hey. You would think. He he finally he takes them into separate rooms, and he he goes he he strangles all four of them, but he doesn't complete he doesn't he doesn't kill any of them. So, so he he just like you know he, he later admits it's like okay well strangling per strangling people is a lot harder than they make it look in the movies. <laughs> God, this guy. Oh my god! So what a piece of shit! Yeah. So after he he had after he strangled him, he had to go back and strangle him again because so, it worked so well the first time. Let's try it again, right? Yeah. That was, that was just practice. I've got the hang of it now. Yeah, I I, I got this. I got this. All right, all right. Well, I'll get it right this time. I promise. All right. So then. You know, at the the last one that he got to was Josephine, and he took her down to the basement, and he hangs her from a, a pipe that, like a drainage pipe that was going across the, the ceiling. He, you know, hangs hangs her up by her by her wrists, and then he he undresses her, he cuts her bra, pulls her panties down, and then. And then he chokes her out, and then and then post mortem post mortem, he jerks off on her, on her on her body, and also when he had done you know when right before he killed Josephine, he had said he had said that you know Josephine said that she she was calling for her mother. And he he says you'll you'll be you'll be seeing your mom your mom in heaven real soon. I can't even imagine like how you get your screws that fucking loose. Do shit like I know, and there there was there was no there was no instances of like you know a bad upbringing with him. You know, it's just it he he was the, the nature versus nurture argument. You know, he he makes a case for nature. That's just who he is, who he was. Just born. Wired wrong, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But he had, you know, he he admitted that when that after the after the the first attempt with the Oteros failed, he he admitted that he almost he almost took off because he almost lost his nerve. But he, but he took, you know, he, but he's like, well, they've seen my face, so. I gotta kill him. Yeah. So, <sighs> believe me. Apparently, apparently, he had a very, a really forgettable face. So I think he would have been okay. 
because he got away for he got away with it for so long, and you know, right. no, it, 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 there, there were survivors of him, and nobody could no but nobody could really describe him because he just looked like every other freaking average guy in freaking Wichita. Right. Hell no, he was white. He had arm, like yeah, he had a porn stash and hair. <laughs> and a porn stash. And a porn stash. But but in the seventies, I think everybody porn stash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Upon investigation, it was determined that none of the none of the Oteros had uh, any defensive wounds. So that yeah, you know, that that story about him getting their trust and all that stuff, you know, get easing them so that they wouldn't panic. I mean, that's apparently true, and it was corroborated by one of the survivors of his next victims. So, he's such a nice guy. Such a yeah, such a nice guy. Oh, and he he then after before uh, before leaving the Otero's house, he got a glass of water and he cleaned it and, and put the glass away. Oh, yeah. that, that was his thing. Yeah, you know, he's like, a nice all, guy. All, all serial killers have a thing. That that was his. Okay. And he he got pissed off because nobody was no nobody was bringing up his thing. It's like, well, you put the you cleaned the glass and put the put it away. Nobody would have done it if you nobody would have known that yeah. you had done it if you How's had anybody told supposed us. to know? <laughs> yeah, you left it out. If you if you had left it out then you're like With okay, your fingerprints well. and DNA all over it, that'd have been different. <laughs> right. Oh you left plenty of DNA. But you cleaned it and put it back away. How the fuck are we supposed to know you even had a glass of water? Right. Shit. Like, oh, I got a drink of water, that was kinda of my thing. So, yeah, yeah. I like to drink water too. In fact, I'm drinking water right now. See, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just like BTK. <laughs> you're you're drinking flavored water. No, that's Bud Light. This is like eight point five. This shit's tough. It's still water. It's water is the base ingredient. Okay, you got me there. <laughs> So he goes around and he's, he's cleaning up all of the, you know, he's trying to clean up the house, and everything to clean up any potential evidence that he might have left behind. Behind, he stole Joseph's watch and wore it for a time. Yeah, and oh, class act, yeah, nice guy. <laughs> what was he wearing his watch like? Somebody would know that that was somebody else's watch and go, oh, hey, look, he killed that guy and took his watch. I don't know what kind of watch it was, but that's, but I mean, it's, it's just trophies. He, it's he would it's take, trophies. Yeah, I know. It's true. Yeah. But still. Yeah. I don't know, dude. This guy's got so many fucking screws loose and cross wires. Like, dude, he might have been wearing that guy's, wearing fucking Joe's watch around thing, and people are going to recognize this as Joe's watch, and they're going to know that I killed him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, like, dude. This guy's just. <laughs> He also he also cranked the heater up to like as high as it would go to kind of speed up the decomposition process uh, to make it seem like it had happened before the you know before the lo- longer than it longer ago than it actually had than it had been yeah and this was in the seventies right yeah nineteen seventy four but it was January in Wichita so it's cold yeah so what if he took that into account. What, that it was cold? Yeah. yeah that's the, the, well, that's why he cranked the heater up. Well, no, I understand that, but even if you crank the heater up, if it's cold, it's not going to speed anything up. Yeah, true. At least, in, still, I don't know. I mean, I'm no, don't, I'm no scientist. I have no... I don't know. I walked... I, I used to be a carpet cleaner, and I... Uh, you would go into these houses and everything, even when it's, even when it's cold and everything, and especially... You know, certain old people they like to have the heat all cranked up and everything, and you can it's it's freaking hot. Yeah. You know, if, even in the winter, it's freaking hot. If you if you put it up at like eighty five, ninety degrees or whatever. Who the fuck does that? <sighs> Lots of people. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Dude, dude when what? it gets cold, dude, my my heater and my AC are set at the same temp, seventy four. Right. Exactly. I don't crank I mean, my heater up to like eighty five, ninety. 
Fuck that, dude. That's hot. I don't care what yeah. anybody says. And I don't care how cold it is outside. 80, right. 90 degrees inside is hot. Yeah, 80, 90 degrees outside is hot. Yeah, well, we live in it's Florida. Not, it's, not. it's never 80 or 90. It's always like, it's 80, but it feels like 110. Right. I think so. is, Florida's got to be the only state that has a feels like temp, right? Does anybody other state do that? No, South Carolina. It it actually gets hotter and more humid in South Carolina than it does in Florida. I know. Believe I've been in South Carolina in the middle of the summer, dude, and I was dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I lived there, when I lived in South Carolina, people would always say, well, at least we're not in Florida. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Like in Florida, it gets it gets up to like 90, 98 degrees. That's about as hot as it gets in Florida. But it feels here, like 110. Here, it's over 100 degrees, you know, the major the entire summer. It's over 100 degrees. It's like in, in South Carolina. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? And we got the, we have the we have the breeze here in in Florida, which makes it a little bit better. Not much, but a little bit better. <laughs> It helps. So, well, we, you know, we yeah. both live on the coast too. So. I mean, right. opposite well, coasts of the state. We both live on coast or near the coast. So that does help a lot. So, Dennis takes off the, you know, he he takes off in the Otero's car after after killing him, and then he's got his car parked, you know, in, in like a shopping center nearby. So he was gonna his plan was to take the their car dump it in the shopping center and then get back into his car and then go from there. Well, oh. well, idiot, idiot had to go back because he left a, he, he had left a knife behind. So he had to go back and get it. <laughs> what? Yeah. He, he had to go back and get his freaking knife. But, but he, but he names all his plans, his projects or right. whatever. And the dumb fuck forgot a knife. Like, dude, don't you think you'd be a little bit more organized than that if you're calling these things? Right. I mean, he's he's not a you know he's he meticulously plans these things out, yet it goes so freaking wrong for him. And and then you know he has to go and then he has to deal with these with his fuck ups, and then he forgets a damn knife. <laughs> but yet. So he, so it's in the middle of the it's in the middle of the day and he has and he drives their car back into the driveway gets out goes retrieves the knife and then takes off. <laughs> so a fucking moron. <laughs> so so and then Charlie the oldest the oldest son he's 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 the one that found the Oteros initially when they got when he got home from school and it and he had a really rough go at life after that he got involved with drugs and crime and everything but and and i mean you can definitely see that that would how how that would fuck with somebody you know you find your yeah, parents I could imagine dead like that but he did he he did manage to turn his turn his life around and he's he's in a better spot now you know i guess so that's that's good good for him here's to you charlie Yep, I'll I'll take a sip of water to that. <laughs> oh man, Whew, I am hungover. Whew. So four months later, he puts Project Lights Out into into action. <laughs> Lights out. Oh my god. <laughs> so he he had been stalking this this woman named Catherine Bright. And he, Wait, what he, was he her name? Catherine Bright. Catherine Bright, is that why it was called Lights Out? She was bright. Could be. Good good hey, catch. You know, could could just, be. It that just uh, I just I don't know. It just, I just like set a light bulb off in my head. Like, hey, it lights out because her last name is Bright. It could be. I mean, this, this guy thinks he's a, this guy thinks he's a wordsmith. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he he breaks into <laughs> he breaks into their house or he breaks into her her house, and you know, just sat there waiting for waiting for her to get home, and. 
but he was only expecting Catherine. He was surprised because her brother Kevin was with her. Now, Catherine was 21 years old, and Kevin was 19. So they they come home they come home at one at one p.m. and you know they they find Dennis waiting for him. He's wearing a ski mask and he's pointing a gun at, at him. And once again, he's caught off guard because somebody that he wasn't expecting to be there was there. So he he goes with the same story about oh I'm a, I'm an escaped convict and I won't hurt you. I just I just need food and money. So he he ties them up at. In, in separate rooms, and he goes, he he goes to start, start to strangle Catherine, but Kevin had gotten had gotten free of his, you know, of his binds, and he just c- comes out and attacks Dennis, but <laughs> Raider shoots him right in the head, and then he drags him back into the other room, you know, thinking that he's dead or at least out of commission. So he goes back to Catherine, and Catherine is fighting, fighting him too. But good for her. Yeah, good for her. Badass. So, but Kevin manages to to get back up and attack him again. He's got, you know, he'd been shot in the head, and he and he attacks Raider again. What? Yeah. How did he get shot in the head and get back up? I mean, good on you, but damn. Well, he, I, I think he might have been a descendant of a of a previous topic, a, a previous character that we've done, Michael Malloy. I think he might yeah. have been related. <laughs> because, yeah. because. Anybody gets shot in the head and get back up. Yeah, you got to be related to Michael. But he, he shoots him in the head again. Drags him out again. This time Price he thinks he's, he's, he's. he's dead so he goes in and Catherine is just fighting the you know, she's putting up everything that she's got even though she's even though she's tied up so he gets he gets tired of her of, of messing with her so he just stabbed her stabs her to death repeatedly you know she she didn't die initially but she bled out of the hospital several hours later but hey. but but Kevin the badass um, bright Malloy, <laughs> he gets up and again. Kevin the shot. Durable, here he comes. Kevin the Durable, he he gets up and he hauls ass out of the house. You know, and he gets to a neighbor. He get he gets to a neighbor and everything, and the the police are called, and BTK gets out of there just at, you know in the, in the nick of time, but. He's, yeah. I mean, he's he was released from the hospital, you know, about about two weeks after. But it, it turns out one one bullet had you know like glanced the the side of his head, and then the other one had gone through his his mouth and knocked out a couple of his teeth. Damn, lucky bastard! Holy crap! Yeah, he, most he's, motherfuckers he's, when you shoot him in the head, they die. Yeah. Good not, thing. Good thing. Old uh, buck tooth knuckle, buck tooth knucklehead was a bad shot. <laughs> buck tooth knucklehead. <laughs> that was Bill's oh. idea from the previous take on this. I just I had to use it there. I couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah, and I I just I wasn't sure I wasn't sure how we were going to work that in because I couldn't remember how we worked it in last night. <laughs> I couldn't either, but. Dude, and honestly, I, I think we were talking about it after we were done. I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> but I remember Bucktooth Knucklehead, and I was just like, dude, I have to use that now. I give it always your thing. I, it, all credit to Bill. He came up with that, but I had to throw it in there. I just did. <laughs> oh, that's cool, because I was wondering how, how we were going to do it. Yeah. I definitely wanted it in there. <laughs> so so then so the, when the news broke out, Three guys who were in, who were already in jail, confessed to the Otero murders. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. I don't know. Do they need I guess cred? They, 
they, they wanted some. They were probably already going to prison, and they just wanted some cred. Yes. Yeah. So, so they would get raped and raped. Right. In All prison. Those, these 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 two are badasses. They killed an entire family. Yeah. Yeah. So. So obviously that that pisses Dennis off. So he writes a letter. Yeah, and and he goes and and he puts the letter into a, a book at the at the library, and he he calls up a reporter and he says tells tells him where the letter is. It's like I've got some information about about the Oteros, and this is where you can find it. Now the letter. So he goes to the library and hides it in a book. Like what is he like? Choose your own adventure, motherfucker. Here or what? Yeah, he thinks you know. He just well, he can't he. He can't just mail it, so yeah. I, I, he 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 wants it's like clever. okay, well, yeah. The the killer, the the killer, you know, he he's left it in a book. Oh boy, you know. And this is probably before everybody had cameras to see who comes and goes. So. Right now, you <sighs> you walk into a library, you're you're on probably at least six different cameras the moment you walk into the that the moment yes. you walk. The moment you walk through the door. It's all right, man. So the, You're doing great. So, <laughs> Keep going. So the he writes the letter. He says, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to read it to you as the as he wrote it. You know the the nice guy wordsmith that he is. <laughs> so he says, I write this letter to you for the sake of the taxpayer as well as your time. Those three dude, not dudes, those three dude you have in custody are just talking to get publicity for the Otero murders. They know, they, know noth- they know nothing at all. I did it by myself and with no one's help. That's a little redundant. Oh, yeah. I did it by myself with no one's help. <laughs> so uh, there, there has been no talk either. Let's put it straight. And then he goes to he goes on to mention the you know like how each of the four victims were were positioned and how they you know wh- where they were in the the rooms basically you know the, these are things that only the killer and the police would know yeah but then he says then he, at the end of it he says I'm sorry this happened to society. Good luck with your hunting. Yours truly guiltily, not guilty, yours truly guiltily. P.S. Since sex criminals do not change their M.O. or or by their nature cannot do so, I will not change mine. The code words for me will be bind them, torture them, kill them. B.T.K. You will see it again. They will be on the next victim. Ooh, sassy. Yeah. What a wordsmith! I mean, oh, and it, it it gets even worse. I mean, we're gonna we're I I have several different um, pieces of his literary literary genius that we'll get to. <laughs> he goes to he he goes to another house and tries to tries to kill yeah to break in and kill somebody that he had been watching, but nobody's home. So rather than waiting, he's 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 just pissed off, and he he comes across this kid that's that's, that's walking home. It turns out his his mother had sent him to the had sent him to the store to to get something. So he he walks up to the kid and asks asks if if he has has seen, you know, he shows him a, a photo of his own wife and kid. He asks him, have you have you seen these people? Have you seen this boy? <laughs> the kid says no, and then Raider watches him. He he follows the kid and he and he talks to he knocks and he talks the kid into letting him in, saying saying that he's actually a detective. You know, he's looking for these these this woman and this and this child. So Shirley Vian, a mother of three, you know, she believes his his story. And then all of a sudden he he tells he tells her that he has a sexual dysfunction and tying her up is the only way that he can get off. If, and if she complies, then she'll live. 
He's up in his ante. Yeah, so she's she's thinking that he's you know she's just thinking that she's going to be raped and then she'll be okay. So he, so she actually helps him combine combine his the children ages four, six, and eight in the bathroom, and and she's terrified, but she thinks that she 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 thinks she's going to survive. So she starts vomiting. You know, because her, her stomach's all tore up with stress and everything. And of course, you, you you can definitely understand that. Oh yeah. So, I mean, my stomach was getting tore up just going through all this stuff, and I know the stories. You know, I I know this story. I've I've heard it. I've heard quite a few different podcasts on it. And I've watched you know specials on it, but it's different. It's a little different when you dive into it yourself. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Hey, so, you're doing a good job, brother. Keep going. Old buck-tooth knucklehead gives her <laughs> water, gives her a glass of water to, to calm her down. See, like, you know, water is my thing. I, I, I think everybody should drink water. Here you go. Here's some water. Yeah. And I'm going to clean the glass before I leave. Yeah, don't don't worry about that. We, we got it. Here, have, have some water. It'll calm you down. So she, she, yeah, so she's expecting her, she's expecting to be raped. But instead, he just strangles her. The the kids are the whole time are just screaming. They're screaming bloody murder, and he was gonna kill them. He was gonna kill them, but all of a sudden the phone rang because he forgot to cut the line, like like he like he didn't. That that was another one of his things. He always cut the phone line. Wow, he's not very good at this. No, so he he took off. He took off. You know, luckily he didn't go in there and kill the kids, but he said that he was going to. So the the kids broke out of the bathroom and they ran to a neighbor's house, and that was, you know, that was that. So he writes a he writes a poem about Shirley. About Shirley. I'm sure it's right up there with E. e. Cummings and Oscar Wilde, but let's hear it. Oh yeah. Shirley Locks, Shirley Locks, wilt thou be mine? Thou shalt not scream, S-C-R-E-E-M. Thou shalt not scream, not yet feel the line, but lay on a cushion and think of me and death and how it's going to be. Bravo. You did your best, William Shakespeare. (laughs) You buck-tooth motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> that I don't even know if he was buck tooth. It just fits the BTK look. So I'm, I'm running with it. I don't care. Works for me. So, on December eighth, nineteen seventy seven, he does something a little different. He breaks he breaks a window to get in, and he was attacking at at night. The uh-huh. previous attacks had been in the morning. So this time he attacks twenty five year old Nancy Fox, and he had been stalking her for months. This was called, this was called Project Fox, Fox Hunt. <laughs> wow! Whenever so, he came up with that, well, I'm I'm about to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's three letters in Fox, and Fox rhymes with sex. Foxes are hard to catch, but it's also it's also the date was close to the date of Pearl Harbor, which was a sneak attack. So that. Yeah, that's how he came up with it. So he thinks he's being clever. Yeah. So he he breaks in, and he he kills, you know, he attacks her, and he uses the same sex story on her. He says he's not going to kill her if she cooperates, and he's he's a sexual pervert, and he's got a blah blah blah. Right. She wants a cigarette, and Raider lets her have one. And she she starts you know she's smoking her cigarette because he's he's a nice guy you let her have a cigarette and then you got her got yeah. her a glass of water. What a nice dude. So so then she finishes the cigarette and he, she says, "Okay, let's get it over with so that I can call the police." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah, yeah. Put that motherfucker in his place. Yeah, but he's he's such a nice guy. He's 
makes him think that they're okay before he kills them. Alright. So he... She comes... She, she, he tells her to, to go into the bathroom and get naked. So she, she goes into the bathroom, and he had to watch, you know, so that she couldn't sneak out the window or something like that. Well, of course. So she comes out... So she comes out in the nightgown, and he gets naked, too. Ugh. Just the thought of him naked. Oh, God. Dude. Really? You had to put that fucking vision in my head, and I have to go burn <laughs> out my mind's eye. <laughs> Sorry. It'll be a... She asks him to, to leave the door open while they do their thing. And he does, but... Showing more compassion, he he left the door open because she asked him to. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. Oh, why he's such a bad rap? I know. I mean, he he, he drinks water. I don't know so, why there's these two hillbillies from Florida calling him a fucking buck knucklehead. Such a nice <laughs> guy. He's such a nice guy. I mean, yeah, this, this knucklehead from this redneck from Florida, he. He drinks. He drinks water. He drinks water just like I do. So he strangles her. But um, but as she comes back, as she comes back, he he. he damn it! Hold on. Okay. She 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 strangles her. But then, but then she came. She came to again, and when when she came to, he loosened his grip on her, and he and he says, "I'm BTK. I'm a bad guy." Uh, now he's bad. Now he's a bad guy. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy, but he's but he's still a good guy. Yeah, I have a song called "I'm the Bad Guy," but I'm a good guy. <laughs> Are you the Eilish now? You know, I hadn't even heard that song when I wrote it. <laughs> then, then I'll. The, <laughs> then I, then I heard the song. But luckily, the songs sound absolutely nothing alike, and the lyrics are nothing alike. So, <laughs> I would hope so, dude. Because if you wrote a Billie Eilish song, it'd be really. I wouldn't know how to react to that. I'm like, hey, okay, well, that was nothing like the Bill that I know. So that's. Cool. <laughs> but it's you know, Billie I would Eilish. hate to be a. I would hate to be a sound guy at a Billie Eilish concert. Right? Can you think about how many, how, how loud they have to boost her? Because she. Oh, for yeah, because does that quiet talky thing. Yeah. Oh boy. So, so after after the the good the bad but good guy BTK, he kills he. After he kills Nancy Fox, he calls the police and he says they'll find a, a a murder victim and he gives Nancy address and then he just left the phone dangling. Huh? <laughs> the call was traced, but yeah, the the call was traced, but nothing came of it. it yeah, no fingerprints. Well, even if they did two finger, even if they did take lift fingerprints off of it. He's not going to be, you know, they're not going to have his, because he's, he's been squeaky clean. He hasn't gotten caught for anything that he's done. Yeah. So, so they, have, they yeah, don't have, they're going to have any records. Right. Because he's such a nice guy. On January 31st of 1978, he sends the Shirley Locks letter to the Wichita Eagle. He's pissed off because there's no news coverage about him. So he, you know, he he writes a letter with the, the Shirley Locks letter, uh, along with details of the Otero, the Otero of Vian and, and Fox. They hadn't connected Catherine Bright to him yet, so he sent a letter to the TV station K A K E Cake TV, and confesses to all of it, including Catherine Bright. Cake TV. Cake. They're <laughs> down on. <laughs> so he also has a, a drawing of a bound woman so he thinks he's an artist too so the, the poem that he reads the poem, the poem that he sent he's, he's like oh death to Nancy what right. is this 
what is this tot I can see? It's supposed to be that, but it's spelled T-A-H-T. What is this tot that I can see? Cold, icy hands taking hold of me. For death has come, you all can see. Hell has opened its gate to trick me. Oh, death. Oh, death. You can't, or can't you spare me for another year? I'll stuff your jaws till you can't talk. I'll bind your legs till, so you can't walk. I'll tie your hands till you can't make a stand. And, and finally, I'll close your eyes so you can't see. I'll bring sexual death unto you for me. Oh. Bravo. What a, uh, what a literary genius. <laughs> yeah, he's Billy so, Cummings, that's for sure. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christine, and I'd like to introduce you to the True Crime Files podcast, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on mysterious disappearances and unsolved murders. Every two weeks, we'll be releasing an episode that'll help you get to know a case really well without having to invest a lot of your time. Derived from the articles upon the True Crime Files website, you'll find that our show covers a diversity of victims and perspectives. You'll probably also notice that our episodes are narrated by Scott Fuller from the Frozen Truth and Status Pending Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to the True Crime Files today so that you never miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening, being a part of our true crime community, and helping to shine a light on cases that might otherwise be overlooked or underreported. So, in addition to the, that masterpiece, he he wrote a letter. He's complaining that you know that he's not getting any coverage. Yeah. He says, "I find the the newspaper not writing about the poem on vain." unamusing a little paragraph would have been enough i know i know it not the news media's fault the police chief he keep he keep things quiet and doesn't let the public know there is a psycho running around loose strangling mostly women and there are seven in the ground who will be next how many more do i have to tell me how many do i have to kill before i get my name in the paper for some national attention do you think all those deaths are not related? Golly gee, yes, the MO is different in each. But look, a pattern a pattern is developing. The victims are tied up, but the most have been women. Phone cut, bring some bondage, murder, sadist tendencies, no struggle, outside the death spot, no witness except the Vane's kids. They were very lucky a phone call saved them. I was going to rape I was going to Tape the boys and put plastics over plastic bags over their head like I did Joseph and Shirley, and then hang the girl. Oh God, what a beautiful sexual relief that would have been. Oh God. And you know he he goes he goes into more detail about how what he about the things that he wanted to do to the the, the little girl, and then he says. Yeah, you don't understand how things are for me because you're not under the influence of factor X. Now, Factor X is this little name that he came up with, you know, for the freaking gremlin that's in his head. He called it Factor X. So what, he thinks he's an X-Man? <laughs> I don't know what the hell he thinks it is. He says, Factor X, the same thing that made Son of Sam, Jack the Ripper, Harvey Glattman, the Boston Strangler, Dr. H.H. H. Holmes, the Pantyhose Strangler of Florida, the... Yeah, the the Hillside Strangler, Ted of the West Coast, and many more infamous character kill, which seem a senseless, but we cannot help it. There's no help, no cure except death or being caught and put away. It's a terrible nightmare, but you see, I don't lose any sleep over it. And after a thing like Fox, I come home and go to, on about my life like every like anyone else, and I will be like that until the the urge hit me again so then he says you know it, it, he just keeps on rambling like that and then then he says how will you know how will you know me before a murder or murders you will receive a copy of the initials btk you keep that copy the original will show up on some day on 
God, I can't even read this. <laughs> All right, brother. Deep breath. So, you got this, dude. You keep that copy. The original will show up someday on Guess Who? The victim, I guess. I guess. May, I don't know. He's not making any you, sense here at all, so it's hard to say. No. May you not be the unluck one. P.S. <laughs> P.S. How about a name for me? It's time. Seven down and many more to go. I like the following. How about you? The BTK Strangler. The, the Wichita Strangler. The Poetic Strangler. The Bondage Strangler, or Psycho. The Wichita Hangman. The Wichita ex the the Wichita the the Wichita executioner, the Garot Phantom, the asphyxiator. So he's already come he's already come up with his own name, BTK. He's already come up with that. Now he wants another name. Of course. I mean, you know. Richard Ramirez didn't one day say, hey, I'm going to be the Night Stalker. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's the name that the media gave him. And then then there was the original Night Stalker. So somebody came away. Oh, boy. These, these fucking people. So on April 28th, 1979, he breaks into the house of his next victim. And he sits and waits for her. But she doesn't show up. So... He writes. He writes a letter, and put it and put the letter in a box along with bondage pictures, and her scarf, and you know a, a scarf that he had stolen from her house. And he, he put all this he put all this crap in into a, a box, and he, then he sent it to her. Huh? Like, what a nice basically, show, showing that the BTK was in the woman's house. This little ditty is called. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? <laughs> twas the plan, twas the perfect plan of deviant pleasure, so bold on that spring night, my inner feeling, my inner felling hot with propensity prop, prop, of the new waking, awakening season, worn, wet, with inner fear and rapture, my pleasure of entanglement, like new vines so tight, Oh Anna, why didn't you appear? Drop of drop of fear, fresh spring rain would roll down from your nakedness to scent the lofty fever that burns from within. In that small world of longing, fear, rapture, and desperation, the games we play fall on devil ears. Devil ears. Devil, devil ears. Fantasy spring. Fourth mounts to storm fury, then winter calm at the end. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Uh, oh, and I'm not going to read any more of that shit. <laughs> yeah, we get, you get the point. So, on, and on that, on that note of literary genius from <laughs> the from the the master wordsmith that is BTK Dennis Rader, we're gonna wrap this episode up and we'll continue with part two soon yes so very soon <sighs> probably on Saturday follow us on our social it's linked in there if you want to send us a message it's billzillaprod at gmail.com Todd has his band tell him about your band yes I, I play in a 80's retro kind of cover band called Retroactive Days you can find us on Facebook at that name. And if you're ever in the Central Florida area, look us up. See if we're playing. Come out and give me, come out and see me. Baby, tell me that you listen to my podcast and I'll buy you a beer. Probably. Awesome. <laughs> and like my I said, I can see this coming back to bite me in the ass, but yes, I will. I promise. Awesome. So, and my music is Bill Selby on Spotify or iTunes, whatever. It's on. It's on all of them. Wherever you get your podcast or music, wherever you, get, you know. 
yeah, music, you can get mine too. So, all right, I've had enough of this piece of shit. So, you know, for for one day. So we will see you on the yes, next episode. Peace. Later. Right, cheers. I forgot what I said.